here at Faith Builders with Kyle Stolskus, which happens to be my brother-in-law actually, um, works out quite nicely to do this. And you've taught a few classes here um, at the school. Um, you, you run the communications department, obviously, from all this tech stuff we see around you. The, the thing with this is, obviously, you didn't just show up in this position overnight. There was quite a, a lot of preparation that went into this. So you've been a student at four different colleges, um, Penn State at, at first, and then you went to Liberty University, mm -hmm. um, and now you're in grad school, and you graduated here from Faith Builders as well. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, it was actually Penn College. I'd like to take the title oh. of Penn State, but uh, <laughs> that, that one goes to my superiors, I suppose. Yeah, and the question is then, uh, I've, I've been a student at, at four different colleges, including here, and why would somebody do that? And, you know, like right up front, immediately, when, when I saw the question that you were going to be asking here, I felt this, like, this wave of guilt and shame come over, because uh, isn't that just the stereotype? I mean, people a, who a little bit, yeah. uh, are just perpetually students, they become of no earthly good after a while. So I think, I think I'd, as much as I'd like to say that I had some kind of big ideals in seeing great value in college education, I went into it hoping to become an academic or hoping to, to end up here at Faith Builders and being on staff. That's, that's just not the reality. Um, so I'm going to have to tell something of the backstory, okay? Sure. To actually make sense of why I ended up at, at four colleges. And that, that even just helps me understand why I would do that and be a little bit more forgiving of myself and maybe get over the shame. Why would somebody attend four colleges again? Well, basically for me, it's because I couldn't build mini barns. Uh, and I've, I've Interesting. got to go back to coming out of high school. Uh, I had some ideals, of course, but they're very vague, uh, very poorly defined about where I even want to go or where I could begin. And on top of that, I looking back, realized I had very few like, labor skills. Hmm. Um, I could be a decent student. I knew a little bit of something about computers, maybe. Um, but I had very few manual skills. So I come out of school and I've got very few skills. I've got some vague ideas of who I want to be, maybe, and try to enter the workforce. Mm -hmm. And I think, like a lot of people do coming out of school, they just go for something that's immediately available to them a low-level job, you apply, you get the job. My application went to a uh, place called uh, Yoder Barns. They build mini barns, you know, the storage sheds where you put all of your extra stuff. And, of course, you apply, got the job, they needed a laborer, and uh, it, it turns out that I'm, I'm actually really bad at building mini <laughs> barns. Um, uh -huh. So it got to the point where, like, I, I guess some folks can learn that sort of thing more quickly. They're, they're more skilled. They've got some background in it. They're not so self-conscious. Um, but I brought just an incredible amount of overhead to the job, and I never got very good at it. Get to the point where I'm just coming to the, uh, coming to the time clock every morning, faithfully there, a little mm -hmm. bit before mm -hmm. the day's supposed to start at 7 o'clock, be there at 6.50 or something. And I'm just looking at the time clock. I've got my, my time card in my hand, and I'm just absolutely miserable. Yeah, like mm -hmm. Knowing that mm -hmm. I punch in, and I'm going to go out there on the floor. I'm going to hate every moment of the day, and I'm not even good at it. Um, so some of those, some of that, that just that, that gnawing ache and the, the misery, the sadness, the depression that goes with it, 
well, it, it was this goad that was just coming along saying, you've, you've got to do something different. Mm -hmm. um, the place to start. And that's what pushed me into toward college, was just that feeling of like, you're not good at this, and you know that now, you're miserable most of the time, and you don't enjoy your work, mm -hmm. so what can you do? And college said, well, if it could speak, uh, that you can gain some skills otherwise, mm -hmm. okay? So that's, that's how I got started. My first experience at Penn College, they offer degrees that work. I'm just borrowing from their tagline there. So I worked for two years there, got an associate's degree in computer science, mm -hmm. and um, it, it, it delivered, okay? I, I began to see other possibilities other than just manual trade skills. Mm -hmm. And through that, was able to actually apply for a job that otherwise I I wouldn't even consider it. It was, it was just out of my league. Mm -hmm. Got that job and uh, moved out of my home area to a place about two hours away and began to actually apply those skills. The thing with sk developing skills like that with, with college, they can't cover all the ground and they don't intend to, but it gave me the confidence I needed to actually step mm -hmm. into a new job. Mm -hmm. uh, it was there I met my wife, Marlene. She was teaching school. We were, we were making pretty good money. We were working long hours. Mm -hmm. And even though this skills job was, was giving me meaningful work and I was enjoying myself, one thing we came short on was a, like a feeling of meaning. In other words, like, we're doing all of this stuff. What's the significance? And we were beginning to feel kind of burned out around the margins. Just the lifestyle. We were uprooted away from our homes, working hard. And I think we were just running kind of thin. So that brought us to Faith Builders. Faith Builders is a place who came like, so, okay, I know how to work now, but how do you make sense of all this stuff? Yeah, okay, so you, you, had, you had gotten to that level where occupation-wise, mm -hmm. you're sitting all right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, again, with in, in that vacuum that we were operating, we wanted to find, like, okay, so we're doing okay financially and things, but what's a meaningful life like, and, and how do we learn to serve people that we care about and contribute something back? Um, and uh, I don't know how it was communicated to us, but that was, that was, that was the niche that we saw Faith Butters doing, this, this faithful view of life instead of just the one that's about uh, meeting the bottom dollar or, or getting to the American dream. Sure. So we, we come to Faith Butters then, and I was here for two years and not really knowing it, but at the end was asked to, to come on staff. The bachelor's degree that I have with Liberty University Online is really, in my mind, it's just it's it's a way of preparing for graduate studies. Okay, so okay, I mm -hmm. I, I didn't see, see that, that one as an end in itself. If you want to draw a line through it, it's like there's mm -hmm. there's this two-year degree which gave me technical skills. There is the meaningful part of it, which was that Faith Boater saying, we've got some uh, we've got something going here, but how do we make sense? How do we begin to serve? How can I participate more fully in God's kingdom? And the third part of my education I'm seeing combines both the Liberty experience mm -hmm. and the graduate school experience. It's almost, it's almost like your first college experience gave you a foundation for life, for you uh -huh. know, occupation, and then Faith Builders kind of gave you a sense of purpose uh -huh. to it all. And now you're bringing all that together to push into grad school to really prepare to to you to 
to do something with that meaning that you're seeing yeah. and to pass that on to others, to serve others. And now you are in grad school, you know, and having graduated from Liberty University as mm -hmm. well. But I, what I like what you're pointing out here is that there, there is a progression to it. Yeah, okay? there is, and yeah. The one, the one step in and of itself, like I, I don't see it as being complete that I got the skill, but I would not have had the ability to come here for Faith Builders for two years mm -hmm. with no debt if I had not done that first step. And I wouldn't have had the confidence even, I don't yeah. think, to really to yeah. move ahead like that. And then coming to Faith Builders prepared the way for the next step. Okay, so you're talking about how this has brought a level of um, preparation and also a more complete picture of, of a lot of different things, really, especially because you've had a lot of diverse experiences. What's your recommendation for people? Should they pursue a path similar to this, or is this something you don't necessarily recommend? Oh boy. <laughs> well, uh, first off, I'll make this clear, I guess. Um, if the question becomes, should I continue to grow and develop and change? Mm -hmm. well, well, yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. I think okay. everybody needs to do that or else uh, life just kind of quickly becomes very stale and you stagnate. Um, so regardless of what field a person is interested in getting into, whether it's carpentry or, or the manual trades or whatever, well, you've got to grow, you've got to change, and you've got to find sources of, of input to make that happen, whether it's more difficult projects or challenging coworkers. <laughs> whatever it is, you're going to have to change, you're going to have to grow. If I could derive a second question off of that, would I recommend people going to, to four colleges? Or would I recommend that everybody use college at all? Well, no. Um, recognizing, I guess, two things. For one is just that, uh, that the skills that people bring to life are different. Some people are more suited to, to do manual labor. And I think that's, that's fine. Um, also, just realizing that anybody who goes to college trying to like elevate themselves above the common labor, they've probably got a defective view of it, okay? Mm, There's a lot, a lot of different, different kinds kind. of intelligence, and some kinds of intelligence, like just being a farmer, are they're more applied, okay? That doesn't make them less intelligent. It's just a different kind. The people who go to college might be more gifted in abstraction and being able to spin yarns and theory. Their education isn't really complete until they, they actually get a bit of a contempt, a very gentle contempt maybe for those abstract abilities. And you uh, see the limits of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, so again, it's kind of reiterating there, you know, a, a, a farmer is, is going to be very, a very intelligent person in the diversity of skills that he needs to have. He needs to be a, a diesel mechanic. He needs to be able to keep books. He needs to be able to care for cows. He needs to be able to um, take care of his plants. So he's, he's a horticulturalist, right? Uh, he needs all of these various skills and it takes a certain kind of person to do that well. Mm -hmm. That person may not be able to be well suited for academics, but the academic person, if you put him in that same situation, would probably fumble. Okay, so I think to be, to do well with thinking about should you do this yourself, well, you've got to give yourself the grace of saying, well, not everybody ought to. And for you even changing, changing directions somewhat as mm -hmm. time went on, mm -hmm. and as you were saying, adjusting, growing, learning, mm -hmm. I think that's something worth, wow, yeah, worth keeping in the forefront of your, our minds in, in, instead of just 
this is just the way it is. Yeah. You know, yeah, give, give you know. And the, the difficulty there being there's, there's, some, there's some fields, if you want to say, uh, get into medicine, you want to be a doctor, a medical doctor. There's an enormous amount of commitment that you just front load into that whole process. Yeah. You, you yeah. go through years and years of school, there's residency, there's medical school, and you come to the end of it with a massive debt. You're in it, okay? Um, so for that person to, to talk about being flexible and just, just allowing school, school to kind of shape you through the process is going to be very, very hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do think there, there's still even in that, uh, if you're thinking about college, do allow yourself to be to flex, be flexible, to allow things to shift and don't just get stuck on the rail too hard. Okay. Based on your experience then, like what, what is some, some real tangible value that someone can can extract from college mm -hmm. if, if they would choose that path. And there, there's various levels you, know, you can interact with this. You're going to be paid more if you graduate from college, <laughs> if you can find a job. If, so that's, yeah, that's right. always an incentive. Um, and you realize, you know, immediately that's, that's pretty superficial. And, and so would, I think, like any sense of finding yourself. Like you go to college to like see what's authentic about yourself. Mm. And once you find like, the perfect career and the perfect set of skills that somehow like animates you or brings you alive. Not, not that being animated or being brought alive is a bad thing, but if you look at it as like finding that core identity and it coming alive, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah. So there's relatively superficial ways of saying why would somebody do this, even though that might, that might spark with us and it might jive once in a while. Um, but as, as you begin to kind of descend down through and you ask the questions of, of value, you, you can begin to, to say like that I, I want to I want to do this job because I want to grow in my capacities. I want to enlarge my abilities as a person and, and the way to do that is to go to college to gain particular skills and ways of looking at the world. And it's it's true. You come out the other end of, of college training and you, you see new possibilities in the world that you didn't mm. see before. Kind of opens up other other ideas and possibilities that yeah okay that makes sense and, and, yeah and, and the, the possibility, possibility may be simple as simple as saying oh you you're having trouble with um, oh, making sense of your finances and I actually have tools and training yeah, that can help you sort that. that you're seeing a possibility on the other side of all of this muddled up financial mess. And that's what, that's, it, begins, yeah. it begins to see how you see the world. As long as you don't get bitter about it, it, it becomes full of possibilities and imagination. Yeah. Um, even when things break, you see on the other end of it the possibility of a system that's actually working again. Uh, you see the possibility of health in patients that are really sick. And that's, I think that's what motivates a lot of people. Is it begins to bring their imaginations alive, and they say, okay, well, I've got skills now in, in where there used to be just something that's really murky and uh, difficult to sort out, I see a possibility. And college education helps a person to see the world that way. Mm -hmm. So there's beginning to descend down to a deeper level of meaning, but for the Christian I think we can go even deeper than that. There's a, a, a statesman, uh, Abraham Cooper, Kipfer, Cooper, uh, I'm kind of loosely paraphrasing him by saying that there's, 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 not, there's not one place in human experience or one place in, 
in all of the, the breadth of what we've done as humans, wherein Christ doesn't preside over it and say, lay claim to it and say, this is mine and this belongs to me. And that, that call of Christ extends into that, that space of imagination where we begin to see possibilities of the world. Okay? Yeah. And the call of Christ extends into these disciplines that a person begins to gain, into the skills that they're getting. And it begins to change and inform how they see the possibilities. There's this, there's this talk in today's world about you know, the, the sacred and the secular. And the great bulk of these trades that people learn, whether it's nursing or mathematics or um, technical skills that they gain in college, it's, it's all just chunked off in the secular. And really at a, at a, at a fundamental level, what all that's saying is that that world hasn't been influenced yet by the Christian okay. imagination, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But it's already been claimed, is what that quote is saying about Jesus laying claim to that and saying, this is mine, mm -hmm. this belongs to me. The task of the Christian then is to see those possibilities in the raw material of their education and claim them for Christ, okay? Mm -hmm. And to rehabilitate them or reform them and say, what's a Christian way of doing nursing? What's a Christian way of doing IT? What's a Christian way of doing agriculture? And there's, there's, there's incredible opportunities out there for that. This because it's all been chunked off as being secular. Really, it just means, again, that it needs to be reclaimed. It needs to be redeemed. And college ah. is what allows you to get access to those worlds. I like that. Okay. That's good perspective. Good stuff. Anything else you want to add? I think I'm done. Okay. Thanks, Reagan. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Kyle, for being on this episode. It gave us a lot to think about. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for watching and uh, new videos each week. So come back for more. And if you like what you see, let us know. Leave a comment if there's a question you have, and maybe we'll get Kyle to respond to those if you feel like. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.